0: Prayer. We're going to continue in prayer. Seems like this is drug on forever, but you've got to remember, I wasn't here a couple weeks. (laughs) So, intercession. Intercession. We're going to be talking about intercessory prayer today. So, this is the fourth of the series of prayer. You know, we've covered a lot of helpful scriptures through this time. A lot of good information concerning the different types of prayer. You know, we've learned the importance of the prayer of adoration, the prayer of thanksgiving. You know, look at our, the model pr- prayer that Jesus gave to the disciples. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed. That's adoring Him. That's honoring Him. That's thanking Him. I personally believe, this is my personal belief, that we ought to begin every time of prayer that we have exalting our great and glorious God. Amen? He is worthy. We sing it. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our adoration. In Him we have life. He sustains us and keeps us. Ought we not to thank, thank Him and to adore Him? We've learned of the quiet time. Lay aside the worries of the day and open up your heart, right? We need that quiet time of reflection with God. We've learned that we must have the Or say the prayer of humbleness, the prayer of confession, the prayer to consecrate ourselves to God. Today, intercessory prayer. What is intercessory prayer? What is intercessory prayer? Praying for others. That is the answer as plainly and simply as you can get it. Praying for others. I want to look at a scripture that is a very, very good example of intercessory prayer. But let's go ahead and pray before I read the scripture. Father, we do praise you and thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you, Father, for your amazing love. Father, your love that is so great that you sent your Son. Father, I thank you that you desire a personal and intimate relationship with each and every one of us. And Father, we just thank You for Your Holy Spirit. We pray for Your Spirit's presence today. I pray Your anointing to be upon every word that is spoken. Open our hearts and help us to receive, Lord, what You have for us today. And Father, may we learn to draw closer to You. May we learn to pray as we ought to. Lord, may we have faith in the prayers that we pray, Father. We know that You are faithful, Father, and You hear our prayers. And Father, we just again, we just pray that You would receive all the glory and the honor. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 16. Now about that time Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. I want to pause for just a moment. There's Peter. He's bound with chains between two guards and what's he doing? He's sleeping. You know, he's willing to lay down his life. He wasn't fretting and worried and concerned. He's sleeping comfortably between two guards, chained between two guards. May we have that peace. May we have that peace, right? Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side. Now I've been struck a few times on the side when I was sleeping too. (laughs) Because I was snoring. And raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him, and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. And when they were past the first and second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent His angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectations of the Jewish people. So when He had considered this, He came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. And when she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you are beside yourself. She kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. But now Peter continued to knock. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. They were astonished that what they were praying for came to fruition. Right? (laughs) May the Lord astonish us. Amen. Amen? May the Lord astonish us. You know, that's what they were praying for. But yet they didn't, they didn't believe it, that He was at the door. Apparently they were praying in faith though, right? So the answer to our question, what is intercessory prayer, was in verse 5. But constant prayer was offered to God for Him by the church. Friends, they were interceding on behalf of Peter. They were praying for His protection, praying for His release, praying for others. You know, sometimes when we are young believers in the Lord, we tend to pray so much for our own needs, don't we? I mean, we just don't know any better. Lord, I need this, or Lord, I need that. Lord, help me with this. Lord, do this for me. Do that for me. We just don't know any better. But hopefully, when we mature in our walk with Christ, that our prayers change, that our prayers mature. And we begin to focus on others. And not so much on ourselves. Hopefully that's the case. Hopefully we're there. One aspect of intercessory prayer is praying that God would release His power on behalf of others. To release His angels, release His Spirit, release His power. And there's no better illustration than Acts chapter 12, is there? Herod had stretched out his hand against the church to afflict them He employed his officers to seize them, take them into custody, to persecute them. And he began with the ordinary members of the church, persecuting them. But then he became more emboldened against the church. And he began to persecute the apostles, the leaders of the church, simply for being Christian. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And he saw that it pleased the Jews. And the only thing that I can think to say about that, isn't that sad Did it please the Jews that they killed James, the brother of John? How sad. This religious leaders were joyful that they killed James, the brother of John. Then he goes after the Apostle Peter. During the days of unleavened bread. My friends, it's not an accident that it was during this time. He wanted as many witnesses there, as many Jews there, to witness his intended plan to kill Peter. He wanted as many witnesses because it pleased the Jews. He wanted to please them all the more. He intended to execute Peter. Delivered him to four squads of soldiers. Now in case you don't know what that means, four squads is four squads of four soldiers each. So there was they would rotate in and out. There was always four guards there. Two chained to Him, and two at the, gar- at the door, at the gate, if you will. Always. It doesn't get much more secure than that, does it? Unless your God is the God in heaven, the God of creation, right? There's nothing impossible for God, right? Amen? Nothing is impossible. Now, I don't know <clears throat> why God allowed James to be killed, and Peter miraculously deliver- delivered but could it possibly be that the believers weren't praying for James as they were for Peter? It's a possibility. Because, you know, they knew that there was persecution. They knew that, you know, they were suffering some. But maybe they hadn't yet reverted to killing them with a sword. I believe that the execution of James sent a shockwave through the church. They're killing our brothers and sisters. They're killing them shockwaves, they were probably fearful that Peter was also going to be killed. And he would have. You know, it's a natural tendency of people that when things are going pretty smooth, to just go about our business, isn't it? Just go about our ordinary business, taking care of our own needs, our own family. But when tragedy strikes, then we got to get real about prayer, don't we? When that disaster comes, we've got to get real. When that execution comes, we've got to get real. When that terrible report from the doctor comes, we've got to get real about our prayer, don't we? My friends, we ought to be real about our prayers all the time. All the time. We ought to always be calling on God to deliver to heal, to help, to protect others. There's another very important question I want to ask concerning intercessory prayer. Is intercessory prayer really necessary? And I say it this way. Does an all-powerful, sovereign God need our involvement in the form of intercessory prayer? Or does He not? He does. He does. I believe the answer to that is yes. You know, I talked about this a little bit at the beginning of our uh, series on prayer. But God established things in the very beginning that it would be necessary for man to be part of what takes place on the earth. Genesis 1:26 and 28. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. I want to pause for a moment. I, I, I've read a book years ago, and I've started rereading it. Think about that. Man is made in the image of God. He is God's representation on the earth, Rep, representing God, in the image of God. And this author said, could you imagine that creation, when they saw Adam, they went, oh! They had to do a double take. They thought they were seeing God. They went, oh, that's just Adam. But think about that. We are created in the image of God, in His likeness. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in His own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. God gave man dominion over it. He was His representative on the earth. God established the order of things in a way that requires man to be involved. And God keeps seeking people to intercede. Intercede on His behalf. To intercede on behalf of others. To be His representative on the earth. In Ezekiel 22, 30 though, it says, So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me. Stand in the gap for God, right? On behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Again, that's sad, isn't it? Are we interceding on behalf of the land? Are we interceding on behalf of our neighbor? On behalf of our coworker? Are we interceding on behalf of our leaders? If we are not that's a sad thing. I found several examples of the necessity of man's involvement in intercession. You all have read the story of Elijah. Elijah, that, and it didn't rain for three and a half years? You know, we know that it was God's will, that it was God's plan that there would be no rain on the land for three and a half years. We know that that was God's plan. We know because of wicked king Ahab and his even more wicked wife, Jezebel, and they led the people of Israel astray, they were not faithful and obedient to God, and God wanted to bring... Punishment upon them. We know that that was God's plan and His will, right? So why did He just not just do it? But He didn't. He did not do it until Elijah prayed. James, I know this is New Testament talking about the Old. James chapter 5, 17 and 18 said, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, like yours and mine, right? And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So even though it was God's will, it did not happen until man prayed. My friends, your intercessory prayer is necessary. It is very important. We know that during the time of Daniel, the children of Israel had been carried off Babylon captive for 70 years. It was prophesied that the captivity would take place and it would last for 70 years. Daniel, studying the scriptures, learned that it was, hey, the time's up. God didn't just automatically say, okay, time's up, it's done. It required Daniel knowing this, having the knowledge, and praying. He prayed for three weeks. God sent forth the angel, but he was held up for three weeks. But it did not happen. The deliverance didn't come until man prayed. It is necessary that we intercede. We know that Abraham interceded on the behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah, pleading with God to spare them of the destruction that he had planned. God planned to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for their wickedness. It's a little bit of a long reading, but it's, it's an amazing story. Genesis 18, 16-33. Then the men rose from there and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to send them on their way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? So again, it's already God's will and God's plan, right? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. And the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will now go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me. And if not, I will know. You know, as I was thinking about Abraham, and I... Say, okay, it's God's will to destroy them. And Abraham's only pleading him not to destroy them. And I'm thinking, well, okay, God's going to do this, but no one prayed. Well, yes, they did. Verse 20 says, And the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great. So they were praying that God would take care of their wickedness, wipe them out. So there was prayer. There was intercession against them. Friends, at some time, that is the intercessory prayer against wickedness, against evilness, right? Verse 22, Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood still stood, I was going to say stood still, but I guess that would be the same. (laughs) He stood still before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were fifty righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the fifty righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? I'm going to pause again. Look at the relationship that God had with Abraham. That Abraham had with God. That Abraham could challenge God like that? Wow. But you know why he was able to do that? Because he knew God that well. He knew that God was a righteous God. And he had that type of an intimate relationship with God that he could talk with Him like that. So the Lord said, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. Then Abraham answered and said, Indeed now... I who am but dust and ashes have taken upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose there were five less than the fifty righteous. Would you destroy all the city for a lack of five? So he said, if I find there forty-five, I will not destroy it. And he spoke to him yet again and said, Suppose there you should find forty. He said, I will not do it for the sake of forty. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry. I mean, he's really stretching it here, right? Let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Suppose 30 should be found there. So he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, Indeed now I have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 should be found there. So he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. Then he said, Let not the Lord be angry. I bet he was kind of shaking a little bit here. I mean, he's really pushing it, right? Let not the Lord be angry. But let me speak one more time. Just one more time, Lord. Suppose ten should be found there. And He said, I will not destroy it for the sake of ten. My friends, God is a merciful God, isn't He? So the Lord went His way as soon as He had finished speaking with Abraham, and Abraham returned to His place. And we know the outcome, that there were not even ten righteous there. But we know that God in His mercy spared... Abraham's nephew Lot and his family. That they were able, to, the angels go in and bring them out. Everyone else in the city was wicked. And God destroyed them. Webster's Dictionary defines intercession as to go or pass between. To act between parties with the purpose of reconciling their differences. It's basically the same as mediation. Which is negotiating between persons that are at odds with one another, or groups that are odd with one another. But the most important aspect of intercessory prayer is to pray for our loved ones, our friends, our neighbors, to be reconciled to God. My friends, that's the most important prayer. That which has eternal consequences. To pray for those who do not have that relationship with Jesus Christ. I found a story of a woman named... Marlena O'Hearn of Maple Valley, Washington. She had a brother named Kevin that was unsaved. He was lost. And she had prayed for him for 12 years with no result. She mostly prayed, Lord, please come into his life. Lord, reveal Yourself to him. And she often became frustrated because things didn't happen. And she often took matters into her own hands, telling Kevin, you need the Lord in your life. You need to quit doing the stuff you're doing. Of course, you know what's going to happen most of the time, right? They're going to rebel more. Rebel more. She attended a class on intercessory prayer and she learned some more specific ways to intercede on behalf of her brother. Like asking God to lift the veil. Lift that veil over him that's causing him not to be able to see. Pray that the Holy Spirit would hover over him. Minister to him and protect him. Prayed that godly people would be put in his path each and every day. To cast down anything that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Specifically, pride and rebellion. To take down all strongholds, thought patterns, opinions on religious materialism and fear. To bind Satan from taking Kevin captive. To bind all wicked thoughts and lies that Satan would try to place in her brother's mind after 2 weeks of praying this way her brother kevin overdosed on drugs but in his time of need he cried out to god and the lord met his prayers he had an understanding of the word and responded and is now serving the lord intercessory prayer the book i was mentioned that i <clears throat> read some time ago and is rereading was written by Dutch Sheets, a pastor. And he shares in the beginning of his book the story of a member of his church coming and asking, would you please go and pray for my sister? She didn't give him much detail. Just said, would you please go and pray for my sister? She's in a hospital or a home nursing home. It was about an hour's drive to get there. When he gets there, he finds a woman in a coma. Much more grave than what he expected to find. But the Lord spoke to him and said, You need to intercede. You need to pray. He wound up going to her place where she was, whether it was a nursing home or hospital, for an entire year. Two to three times a week. He had to invest three to four hours every time he would go with the travel and his time there and to get there. For a whole year, he went and interceded on behalf of the sister. And at the end of the year the doctors gave a report that said she's gotten worse she's not going to make it. And he said, "Lord, we've almost got the victory." At the end of a year she came out of that coma and was well. She her mind was good. She became strong. God answered that prayer. A year. <clears throat> Are we willing to devote that kind of time in intercessory prayer? God is faithful. You know, God meant that man would be His representation on earth. But you know, we came to the place where we needed someone to represent us, didn't we? And praise God for His faithfulness. He supplied that someone. Jesus Christ. He is our representative. He is our mediator. 1 Timothy 2, 1-8. through eight says, therefore I exhort first of all that supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. For all men and all women. All men covers men and women, right? For kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Brian Baker, many of you know who he is. He just got married a couple weeks ago. He was on his honeymoon, and I saw something he posted on Facebook. And he said, you know, I have spent too much time... I'm pausing. I've got a lot more reading do, I know. He says, I've spent so much time posting negative things about leaders, about those who are leaders over us in our nation, posting negative stuff. With, if it's something I don't gris- disagree with, you know, or something I disagree with, I post all this negative stuff. He says, but I've came to the realization." that I just need to pray for them. Pray that God will minister to them. God will intercede. That God will work through them. He said, that's what I need to pray. Unselfishly, just humble myself and pray for them. Not post bad things. Just how am I representing Christ by posting all these bad things. But pray for them. Pray for the kings and are in authority that I might lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Amen? For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Again, there's God's will, friends. He desires all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, and that is the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all, to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle, I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. I desire therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. In 1 John 3, 8, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. And for this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil." He is destroyed. We are the victors in Christ. Amen? Jesus came to dissolve the legal stronghold that Satan had over mankind and to pronounce that we are no longer held by the works of the devil. Don't let the devil deceive you. We are no longer held by the works of the devil. Intercessory prayer can be extremely intense at times. Because, yes, we can be meeting God in prayer for the purpose of reconciling lost souls to Him, but it can also be meeting the forces of the enemy to declare and enforce the victory of Jesus Christ. We need to stand against the enemy. That's part of intercessory prayer. Remind Him that He is defeated. Intercessory prayer is spiritual warfare. Get busy. Be about it, right? Put on the armor armor of God and go to prayer. You know, I think Terry might have said a couple weeks ago, or somebody said a couple weeks ago, you know, we, we try to fix things ourselves. We try all that we can think of and then we finally say, the only thing left to do is pray. Why is it not the first thing we do, the very first thing, we hear of something, we know of something, let's pray. Then maybe we'll see the doctors, or then maybe we'll call for help. But first, let's pray. Job, chapter 42. All right, Job, where'd you go? There he is. Job chapter 42. we all know all that Job went through. 42 verse 10, it's not going to be on the screen. We know that Job lost his children, all of his livestock, his wealth. He lost so much, didn't he? God allowed Satan to test his faith. Job says, if you just let me take all of his wealth, he'll curse you. Well, it didn't happen. Well, you let me bring some pain and suffering, he'll curse you. Again, it didn't happen. But he suffered. Suffered greatly. But you want to know when it turned around? Job 42.10 And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. That's it. When he prayed for his friends. Those friends that were giving him bad advice. But the Lord restored his losses when he prayed. For his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then all his brothers, all of his sisters, and all of those who had been his acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him in his house. And they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. My friends, I do not believe it's a coincidence that he was restored when he began to pray for others. You know, I think I've heard many times where if you're suffering and you're having difficulties, instead of focusing on your problems, start praying for others and see if things don't turn around for you like they did for Job. Do you see the importance of intercessory prayer? I think it's the greatest responsibility that we have. Because souls are at stake. Lives are at stake. Nations are at stake. My friends, we need to be intercessors. We need to be prayer warriors. Amen.